Now, they drew up the plans. How many of you know that having a great plan for a beautiful house means absolutely nothing until it's built? You didn't just stay God's plan. He carried out his purposeful divine design. Verse 27, he says, So God created man in his image. He didn't create you as a worm. He didn't create you as insignificant. He created you in his image and in his likeness. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And now if we jump to chapter 2 and we see the actual process that he goes through with this. And in verse two, chapter 2, verse 7, he says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The breath of life. When you look at the Hebrew words that are used here, he breathed a part of himself into you. You're not just an old flesh bag. You don't have a wet noodle between your ears. The real you is an offspring and an outflow of God himself. What was God doing here? This is spiritual procreation. He said, make them like us. When I wanted to make, we made a child, we made a child, not a dog. I've got four beautiful boys. They're like me, unfortunately, sometimes. <laughs> I think Montgomery's got a lot of Robin in him, though. <clears throat> but he procreated spiritually. And so we have to understand that if we are in God's likeness and in his image, what is he? Well, in John chapter 4, while Jesus is having a conversation with the woman at the well, he says to her in verse 23, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So first off, in this verse, in order to worship God, we do it out of spirit, not out of mind, not out of body. We worship first and foremost out of spirit. And why can we do it? Because God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. If God is spirit, what are you? Spirit. The real you is spirit. It's the outflow and an expression and a, and a reproduction of God in his image, in his likeness. And so what we're talking about today is who are you? And normally when we talk about this subject, we would talk about it who you are relationally. You're God's sons and God's daughters. But we also have to understand who we are mechanically. Because if we don't know the makeup of our being, we will let things get out of order. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul tells us, verse 23, that now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so Paul breaks this down, is that we are a three-part being. That should not surprise us. Why? Because we are made in God's image and likeness, and God himself exists as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead three in one. And so you, as a reproduction or a, 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 a procreation of God, are in the same fashion. 
You are three parts but one, and you need to understand where the authority flows from. Who is the head of the Godhead? The Father. It was the Father's decision to send Jesus. And Jesus' decision to send the Holy Spirit. So you have to understand where the authority flows from. It is God who has exalted Jesus and given him a name that is above every name. So you also, in the same fashion, need to understand where the authority of your being comes from. And keep the order of operations in order. And so the first one that Paul points out is that we are spirit, just like God. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. You can do that because you are spirit. It's the word pneuma, which means breath, or wind, which is, if you go back to Genesis, he said he breathed the breath of life into you. It's talking about the spiritual substance. Things straight from heaven. That is the real you. The second part he mentions is our soul, which is where we get our word, it's psyche, but we get our word psyche from. And it's talking about psychology. It's the study of the mind. And so it's uh, the seat of the feelings, desires, affections, and aversions. To break it down easier, we can just call it, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's our thoughts, it's our stubbornness, and it's our craziness sometimes. That makes up our soul. Now, these first two are important to understand the distinction because the Bible did a horrible job of keeping them separate when translating them. The translators did a really poor job. Sometimes they take the word for spirit and they put soul there, or they put heart to make it even more confusing. But you have to understand that the spirit and the soul are two different things. When we talk about the soul, it is your mind, your will, and your emotions. When we talk about the spirit, we're talking to the real you. And it tells us that the word of God in Hebrews chapter 4 is living and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit. So they're not the same thing if they can be divided. But oftentimes you can't discern which is which because there's a lack of the word. When the word is present in your life, you begin to recognize your true nature and you can separate it from what are just your thoughts. And so it divides between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, we're not going to deal with the heart today, maybe in another week, but the third piece of the makeup that, God, that uh, Paul breaks us down into is that it's our body, and he uses the word soma, which is just, it's your dirt suit. It says, God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed life. Before the breath of life hit it, it was just a pile of dirt. From dust you came and from dust you will return. That's why in funerals we say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. God formed man out of the dust of the air, and it wasn't until his life hit it that it came alive. And so your body is just your earth suit, your dirt suit. It's, what you, it's your vehicle of which you travel around here on this earth. And Paul said about his own body, he already called it a lowly body, but here he says, but I keep my body under. He said, I, I keep my body under, which means that Paul was not limiting himself to the body's natural resources. He is looking at it from an external sense saying, I keep it under, and I bring it into subjection that lest by any means when I have preached to others, I should be, should be a castaway. And what he was saying is, I don't let my body get out of control. I tell it what it does. 
You know, I think a lot of us, myself included, need to practice this a little more. Tell your body to shut up and do what it needs to do. You know, I find sometimes when I get to get praying, I'm all of a sudden like, oh, I'm so tired. And I'm like, shut up, body. It's time to pray. Or you go, oh, I'm hungry. But you just ate five minutes ago. Your body talks to you just as much as someone else talks to you. Oh, I'm so tired today. Or, oh, the arthritis is kicking up. You know, your body talks to you, and you need to talk back to it and tell it, put it in its place. Paul said, I keep it under. I tell it what it's supposed to do. It follows my directions. And when it comes to the mind, we said it needs to be directed. Have, let, set. We direct it. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for the weapons of our warfare are not, not carnal, meaning they're not natural, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into obedience, or every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I also like what he says in Colossians chapter 3. He says, set your mind on things above and not on the earth. So our body is meant to be told what to do and our mind is to be set in a direction. If you let it, your brain will talk, 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 talk to you. It'll think, 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 think on things that are not actually true. You ever found yourself in a conversation with yourself about all the horrible things that might just be happening that will probably never happen? Or how you have to go into this meeting and you're already anticipating, I think this person's going to say this and then I'm going to say this and I'm going to go back to this. And then you actually get in the meeting and none of that happens. <laughs> and that's why Paul was very specific. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, think on these things. Meaning you get to choose your thoughts. And I always love what Brother Hagin said. He said, you know, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from making a nest in your hair. <laughs> And so thoughts may come, but thoughts can go. And you get to choose what you think on, what you meditate on. You can worry and worry and worry your life away, or you can think on good things and let your life live. And let life and blessing flow to you. But I want you to say this with me this morning. I am a spirit. I, am a spirit. I, have, a soul. I have a soul. I'm not my soul. I have a soul. And I live in a body. It is just the car that I drive around on this earth. And at the end of my existence here on earth, it'll get an overhaul and it'll be set for higher speeds. <laughs> but it's important that we keep the order of operations in order. Because when you get them out of order, you end up in disorder. If you think about in mathematics, we have bed mass, which is the order of operations. Brackets, exponents, division, multiplication, addition, subtraction. When you find them all jumbled into one equation, which is just maddening, why would you do that? You need to follow the order of operations because you get the wrong answer if you don't. So you got to start where things actually start. And so when you're addressing your life and figuring out which direction you need to go, you need to start in the right part. Don't start in your thoughts. Don't listen to your body. Find out what the Word of God says about the real you. Yes. And let that be the start and the finish. And let the mind and the body follow along for the ride. So as we start bringing this in for a landing this morning, why don't we turn over to Romans chapter 8. 
In Romans chapter 8, and right in the verse, first verse of that chapter, it says, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, or when he says flesh, he's meaning this natural existence, but according to the Spirit. He says there's no condemnation to those who walk in the Spirit. But why does he say that the flesh is involved there? Do you know where condemnation exists? In your mind? You know, we don't often have to deal with condemnation from others. We more often deal with self-condemnation for on ourselves. And it exists in our minds. How you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself. And those are just your natural flesh bag. But he says we are not in under condemnation when we walk after the Spirit. When we flow out of God's nature, there's no condemnation flowing to you. Why? Because God does not have a condemning thought towards you. He said that his thoughts are thoughts of life and peace and blessing and a future and a hope. Yeah. And so condemnation can only flow to you when you've got the order of operations out of order. When your mind and your body are thinking first instead of your spirit. Yes. You want to get condemnation out of your life? You just got to think God's thoughts. Yeah. Set a direction. But if we drop down to verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Meaning you can spend your entire day, your entire life, thinking about everything natural and never have a God thought. And it's a choice that we make. Now, a lot of us operate habitually. It's a choice that we've made over and over and over again, but don't we know that habits can change? Habits can be adjusted by choosing a new direction and sticking to it. And so we live out of the, don't live out of our flesh. We don't set our minds on our flesh. But it says, but those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on things of the Spirit. Verse 6 says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we get our order of operations in order, life flows leading to peace. When we get our order of operations out of order, life doesn't flow, leading to death. And the word death isn't talking about physical death, it's talking about the death of your dreams, the death of your aspirations, the death of your desires. So many people have followed the order of operations out of order for so long that their dreams have died. And God is wanting to breathe life back into them. And in verse 7 he says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can indeed, can indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And that's not about making God happy. It's meaning not being able to flow in the things of God. Why? Because your order of operations have closed that door. But, next verse starts with a but. And we always need to keep our butts in the right place. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Which means that we can fix that problem and bring them to Jesus. And so you're not in the flesh. Your flesh does not have to be the dominant source of your life. Who are you? You are Spirit. 
And in verse 10 it says, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive, or there's life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells in you. So life flows from spirit to soul to body. And when it starts with spiritual things and the Spirit of God being within you, it begins to speak life to your mind. You begin to have life life-giving thoughts and life begins to flow to your body that it says it even begins to quicken you that means to make alive that when sickness is in trying to take hold of your body when you begin to dwell on the things of God and the Spirit of God life begins to flow to your body and that's when you start to say shut up body we're going for a walk anyways I don't care if these knees are starting to hurt life is flowing right now in the name of Jesus because the Spirit of God is already on the inside of me and it is making me alive right now and when we come into situations where health is trying to be robbed from us, go ahead and speak the life of God into it. Say, Spirit, I know you're already charged up, filled up, overflowing in every area. I release you on my pancreas. I release you on my liver. I release you on my blood pressure. I release you on my heart. And I let the order of operations get in order and let life flow from the Spirit of God to every aspect of my body. So who are you? You are a spirit. You are a son and daughter of Almighty God, made in His image, made in His likeness, and we need to keep the simple things simple. You are the offspring of God. That's why He's Father and why He calls you sons and daughters. Keep the order of operations in order. Why don't you stand up with me this morning? Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you that your words are life. They are health to our flesh. They are a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. It separates between what your thoughts are and our thoughts are. And we thank you, Lord, that this morning we choose. We make that choice. We set direction. We set our minds. We choose our thoughts. We choose to live out of our true nature, that we are spirit. And because you are in us, we just thank you right now that you are quickening our mortal bodies. You are quickening our mortal bodies. You are quickening your mortal bodies. You are quickening our mortal bodies. Hallelujah. When you have every reason to be tired, go ahead and be healthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, we thank you, Lord, for your life that's flowing. Yes, we thank you, Lord, for your peace. We thank you, Lord, that we can live out of you. We thank you, Lord, that you are life. You are peace. You are joy to me. Hallelujah. Yes, we glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you. We set our minds on you.
the simple things that have the greatest impact in our lives. The simplest things. Understanding your makeup, understanding your na nature. It just keeps things simple. It takes out all the other options and the other thoughts when the simple things are in their place. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Robin. Well, glory. Can you feel the Spirit of God quickening your mortal bodies? Amen, 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 amen. So it's offering time. Hallelujah. This is where we give you the opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. And so how we do this is there's a basket at the back. As you're leaving, drop, drop an envelope in there. And or you can give online digitally, wordchurch.ch. Amen. Hallelujah. And so let's say this together as we end the service. This is my seed. I sow it into the kingdom of God. Seed, do what you do best. Grow. I sow you to spread the gospel. I sow you to strengthen believers. I sow you to go where I cannot. I sow you to grow, multiply, and return in great supply. Harvest, I receive you. Lack, I resist you. His supply is sufficient. I walk in abundance of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when uh, Pastor Jordan mentioned about that connection with that country that he had to look up, <laughs> amen, that's part of your tithes and offerings, your seed going to where you cannot go, amen. And so we're able to expand the kingdom of God through connections like that, and we're able to do that because it's funded by you guys, amen. That's, that, you know, when we get to heaven and we're, we're there and uh, you get there, you're going to be meeting all the people that you had a connection with and getting them born again into the kingdom of God. Amen? And you're, just, you're going to be shocked at what you find, what you see when you get there. Amen? Wow. We touched that many people. Amen. We got that many people into the kingdom of God. Amen? And that fills the Father's heart. Amen? Amen. Well, you are blessed. Have a good day. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you.